I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello! It's the FTP! Hello. <laughs> you alright? Yeah, good man. How are you? Looking fresh. Where you got your trim from? Uh, I got it from Malcolm's in Broadstairs. You went to Malcolm's in Broadstairs? Yeah. Who did it? Uh, Sam. Oh, yeah, he's been there years. No, he's new. Oh. He's been there a couple of years now. Right. No, about a year. Year, 18 months. It's not quite a couple of years yet. Right. But yeah, he's good. I'm quite happy with it. He's a Spurs fan. Ah, I forgot to tell you, actually. I did drop the pod. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, I dropped the pod to him. Oh, was I? Yeah, man. Got it done on FA Cup final day. Nice. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. So yeah, I was very happy with it. Yeah. It looks good. Cheers, mate. That looks nice. Oh, thanks, mate. I noticed that there's no, like, line in the front for the no, trussard no, hair. No, there's not. I thought he was going to say there's no gel. Yes, there's no uh, trussard. Well, he's actually gone full bleach now, hasn't he? Yes, <coughs> Which Slim Shady. Is definitely not going to happen. No, you. but you could go for the little thing still. Uh, I could. If you do, I will. That's not the... Di- you keep changing the goalposts, mate. I know you're a keeper, but well, you can't keep moving wooden, them. It's easier to replace them. They are we nice. Well, throwback. They are throwback to the season. Um, Don't try and change the subject now. We've got. Are you going to do it? Are no, you going to no, do, no, do it? No, I'm not going to do it. Why are you not going to do it? You said that you would do it. Bell end. Well, well, okay. I'll I'll argue, yeah, jury's out. But <clears throat> come on, maybe. maybe. Leandro Sue. Maybe. Maybe Ben we'll Trossard. See. We'll see. We'll see. We can call you Brossard. If we'll it see. Helps. Do you want to introduce this week's guest? You keep trying to change the subject. Why are you doing this? All right, I'll do it. So this week <laughs> we have... I've noticed this about you today. Oh, man, I can't extra. be bothered. It's like I've talked to you and you just talk to me about something else. Like, completely disregard <laughs> my thoughts and feelings for your own. Do you know why? It's because you're talking so much smack. I've just, I'm bored of it. You've been here for like 45 minutes and you've not said anything worthwhile. Just baffling on. Baffling on? Wow. What's the word I'm looking for? Banging on. Wow, yeah. I am baffled. You're baffled? Absolutely. because you keep banging on. Bombarded. Literally, since you've got this fucking trophy, you have not stopped. <laughs> I'm only joking, mate. You're not, though. I love you. I am. 
Love you, bro. Be careful my finger, though. That's what she said. Love you. Uh, no, so we've got a special guest this week, another FDP special. Special number three. Is it? Yeah, man. Have we done some before? Yeah, we had AFC Crew to begin with. Right. Then we had Max. Oh, yeah. He's in. And now we've got Steph Meek. Right. Margate FC Women's Manager. Well, Player Manager, I should say. Player Man- Do you remember player- when Player Manager was like an actual thing in like the Premier League and stuff? Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Do you remember the last Player Manager that there was? Uh, no. What, in the Prem? Yeah, let's go Prem. I remember Andy Hessenthaler was famous at Jill's, at Gillingham, wasn't he? Yeah, but he wasn't in the Prem, No, I know that. You well, you said Prem. Yeah, yeah. And he went, I know he I was, was famous. I was just saying, like, famously, he was, but player manager in the Prem. Should we go, let's let's get on the Google. Who, who, who do you reckon? Wait, how long ago do you reckon it was then? Uh, 12 years. 12 years? Yeah, I'm going to go 10 to 12 years. Okay, what club? I don't know. Charlton. I don't know. <laughs> Alan Kerbishley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea. So, the Dennis Wise was. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, mate, it's the Chelsea guy. Is actually Charlton. Right. So, so in ninety one to ninety five, Steve Grit and Alan Kerbishley. <laughs> Come on! What I, a shout! Okay, mate. so time. What a shout! Years wise, I was wrong, but team, I'm taking that. Oh yeah, I'm loving that. Maybe that was the last one. Oh no, who? So sorry, Reichardt. who are you going for? Um, not Reichardt, Viali, Chelsea. Viali at yeah. Chelsea. He's right. You're fucking on fire, man. Mate, knowledge is there. The knowledge is there, bro. You could, you could take it a little bit further. Go on, tell me more. Leon Britton, Swansea caretaker, player manager, 2017. Was that in the Prem though? Yeah. You sure? Well, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't realise that. Yeah, because he took over after a 5-0 defeat at Anfield. I think Liverpool had been playing in the Premier League around for quite a yeah, while. Yeah, quite a while, yeah. Uh, after Carlos Carvajal was named... Uh, sorry, before Carlos Carvajal was named as new manager. Oh, okay. Uh, Paul Clement was sacked. Oh, fair enough. Shall we continue with the guest for this week? Yeah, sorry. I forgot what we were doing then. So, yeah. I mean, she's waiting patiently, but it's fine. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got Steph on. Uh, Steph is player manager of Margate FC Women, so it'd be a great insight for a little bit more for us as well as as you listeners out there. Learn a little bit more about the women's game, uh, a little bit about who she supports. I already know the answer to this, which is disappointing, oh, no. uh, but I'm sure she'll explain a little bit more. Um, and yeah, just some some nice insight and, and what it's like how we get into the into that sort of role really. Uh, so without further ado, let's roll her out onto the big screen. Miss Steph Meek, hello, how are you? Nice to meet you, yeah, I'm good, thank you, how are you? Yeah, very well, thank you, very well. Thank you for coming on today. My pleasure. So, got a game today? Not today, season's right. finished now, so season's nice finished. little break. I say a break, break for the players, not for the management. I was going to say, I'm, I'm really keen to delve into this, but that, we'll come on to it a little bit later on in the show. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of what you do, uh, what your role is, and, and kind of why we've got you on today, if you can. Yeah, so it's not that exciting, really. Um, <laughs> I only started playing football in adult years, really. I played at school, but never for a club. And then um, I joined Margate, gosh, nine seasons ago now. Um, played there for seven years. Fell out of love with it, so I took a bit of a break. I went over to Canterbury City for a little while. Um, yeah, I know. 
developed for a year, played at a lower level, developed, built my confidence back up and then came back to Margate about 18 months later, um, all the while coaching sort of youth football in and out. Okay. And then I uh, went back to just playing. I thought it's too much. I can't do both because <clears throat> obviously I was giving time to the youth section twice a week and then time to the team twice a week playing. Mm. Um, so I sort of went back to just playing. And um, when the manager left earlier in the year, I had a chat with one of my best mates and uh, I said, I really want this. And he was like, well, why don't you do it? And I said, no, I can't do it on my own. He went, I'll do it with you. I went, all right then. So we applied and, and that's how we ended up here. <laughs> Amazing. It was literally as simple as, yeah, I fancy having a go. Yeah, crack on. Yeah, well, from our end it was. I sat down over <laughs> a coffee at Starbucks and said, yeah, I think we can do a good job of this. You know, this is this is what we want. And um, But obviously we had to apply like everybody else and go through the interview process and, yeah, we, we weren't, it wasn't just us that applied. I think there was 10 interviews a day I had mine, so. 10 interviews, wow. Yeah. Okay, so obviously a lot of our listeners, and I'm, I'm fairly confident I speak for me and Will here, is what's that process? Because we have no idea. Like, how does that come about? What do you talk about? You know, do you have to, do you do like a presentation? Do you have like a bloody flip chart? And be like, yeah, we'll do this, we'll do that. Like, how does, how does that all work? I mean, I'm not really going to sell myself, really. I'm going to, um, it's going to sound like a bit of a comedy sketch, but uh, I was all for it. And then uh, the post, so I stepped in as, in, so first of all, I stepped in as interim. So I stood in, um, basically without manager on the books, you can't have a team in the league um, because I've got my coaching qualifications. I said, oh, whack me on there and I'll just keep the team ticking over until you find someone that you want in the post. Um, and at least that way the formalities are done and, and such. Okay. So the 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 position got advertised on um, the Margaret FC website uh, and it said, you know, if, if you think you want to apply, uh, email your footballing CV to um, the Margate media website or whatever it was, uh, email address. And um, I looked at it and went, what the hell's a football CV? Um, <laughs> so I threw a football CV together, which was, to be honest with you, not very extensive, but, you know, little bit of managing little bit of playing but nothing really stand out um, right. but I, I guess because the club knew me uh, I managed to get myself through to the interview stage and then that's where you sell yourself isn't it that's you know yeah. that's the important bit is just getting in the door in the first place so yeah, um absolutely. yeah lots of questions about you know have you got time for this what are your plans what, what do you see for the team in the future um what's your vision for the club you know all those sorts of things a little bit about me and my personal circumstances because you can't have someone that hasn't got time to commit and things yeah so and it's yeah. a joint so it's two of you yeah there is so i sort of sat in my interview and went i really want it but i'm not doing it without george and then george sat in his interview and went oh yeah i really want to do it but i'm not doing it without steph <laughs> so um, i think something we noticed through the years at margate is it, it doesn't matter how good the manager is it's too much for one person on their own you know you don't see Premier League teams where you've got a manager doing the managing the coaching the admin the the background stuff the kit washing you know so and the same reflects down if you want success at grassroots level it, it is too much for one person especially on a voluntary basis hmm. um so yeah we sort of sold it that we both wanted it together but um for accountability reasons one of us had to have the position of manager yeah. and one assistant um but as far as I'm concerned he's my equal so perfect okay um, so what's uh, football and CV? Is it literally just your footballing experience just on as a CV format, yeah? Yeah, it's pretty much the same as a, as a job CV, but, but football, okay. but 
I suppose you don't really think about that when you're a player. You just go, or certainly an unpaid player. You go from club to club. You go, you know, you play here, you play there. You don't really think about what you're doing and where you've been and where you've got to. Mm. Certainly not at that low level. So when you have to put it on a piece of paper, you're thinking, oh, gosh, what am I going to put on here? <laughs> I've only been playing like this. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. Um, okay, and how long have you been in that position for now, in that post? Gosh, uh, since mid-February, unof- oh no, beginning of February unofficially, and then okay. mid-February officially, yeah, so a couple of, four months, five months. Okay, and were you playing in the team before that, wasn't you, is that right? Yeah, yeah, so um, I was playing in the squad, I say playing, I spent a lot of time on the bench. <laughs> So maybe, maybe maybe manager was my calling. But, um, <laughs> Makes that yeah. transition a bit easier, doesn't it? Yeah, it was a question that came up. So, you know, the men's first team at Margate, they've got a, the assistant manager is also a player and he plays within the starting 11 week in, week out. Mm. Um, the question was asked of me, you know, what, what are your intentions? Are they to play and manage or are they to manage or, you know, what, where are your priorities? And I think for me... I'm never going to make waves in the football scene as a player now. I'm 29, I, you know, average at best. You know, there's no, there's nothing to stand out about me as a player. I'm not going to make it or make a difference in football as a player. So for me, making that step over to management was where I could sort of shine and really make a difference. Um, and I wanted to prioritise that. I don't think it's fair on the team or the squad if I'm managing and then put myself in the starting eleven because that's just... It, it doesn't look right. It, it doesn't yeah. feel right. It doesn't look right. And I think certainly you'd lose a lot of respect from the team. Yeah, I mean, so. if you're performing at a sort of eight or nine out of ten every game, then nobody's going to argue. But if you're doing like a four or five, it's a bit difficult to justify, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, definitely yeah. not an eight or nine out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you say you're, you're getting too old to play football. I mean, Will's 48. Oh, fuck <laughs> Oh, mate, this joke doesn't get old, does it? <laughs> mate, 18 months of me making this joke on this podcast. I oh, know, and you still, still laugh funny. every time you make the joke. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. I, I don't think, you know, <laughs> age, age isn't a factor when you play necessarily. You can still play. But when you've got 16-year-olds coming into the squad that can, you know, beat you for pace, beat you for fitness, yeah, beat you for ability, it's very hard to keep up. Yeah. certainly as they're coming up and I think when I was younger women's football wasn't so big there wasn't as many opportunities there wasn't as many academies development teams one-to-one sessions those sorts of things and mm. now there is so the players that are coming up through the youth are far better than I would say any players I even knew you know you'd have the odd player that was at that ability when I was younger but now it seems to be a consistent thing across the board because there is that foundation and that support in the young years so you have noticed a difference in in football that actually the quality is getting better and probably, you know, after the Lionesses win that it'll probably get even better from there. Yeah, I think so. I think like with the youth being there and having those options, those teams, that understanding uh, and the better support system around sort of youth girls football, you notice it. I mean, obviously when I was younger, the raw ability was still there. You still had those players with the raw ability, but it maybe wasn't channeled in the right way or developed in the right way. Whereas now you've got girls playing in girls' leagues rather than girls playing in boys' leagues, which let's be honest, I'm all for equality, but it's so different. The women's game is so different to the men's game, even Mm. at a young age. Physicality, speed, you know, it's, it's all, yeah, very different. And at my age, you'd get girls playing in, boys leagues and boys boys squads as opposed to now girls playing 
in the right setup for them. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that kind of makes sense. And I know, you know, we'll touch on obviously like the Lionesses wins and things like that does obviously just bring to light even more so the, the sort of women's game and how far it has come on. You know, they've been breaking records. It seems to be week on week this season, the WSL, for example, where the tenancies have been, you know, through the roof. They're playing in the men's team stadiums, you know, like Arsenal with the Emirates Stadium. The women played there quite a lot this season. Chelsea, I think, have played at Stamford Bridge a couple of times now. They've broken records at Wembley and stuff. So it does go to show that, you know, all the hard work that's been put in probably over the last, what, 10, 15 years or so, probably, uh, when there's been a little bit more focus and attention, it, it has obviously developed quite nicely, I suppose, which is good. Yeah, I still think it's got a long way to go. Um, it's certainly got the right momentum now and, it, and it's getting there. And I think there will always be differences purely because it is a completely different game. Same sport, but it's, it is just a different world. Um, Absolutely. But, but yeah, I think we need to be mindful that we don't lose m- momentum, especially at the lower levels, you know, because it's, it's easy to keep that momentum and, and keep breaking records at the high end when you've got the money and the advertisement and the, and the backing. But it's remembering to support that from the bottom because that's where the players come from initially, don't they? They come from that grassroots team. What is yeah. grassroots football like then? For for a female looking to get into football, what's, what is it? Where's it all about? Well, grassroots is it's just at the bottom, isn't it? It's where everyone starts. It's where everyone, you know, where the, the passion comes from and, and the enjoyment, really. You know, all your Sunday, Sunday league teams, you know, your county leagues, as, as you call it. I mean, we, I think... Margate still count as grassroots. We're top of top of the bottom tier, basically, in the in the women's pyramid. Um, okay. and, and I think that's where the passion is um, instilled, isn't it? And, and you you sort of develop there, and then that's when you know you get scouted or you get picked out. You you got to start somewhere. You're not gonna just gonna turn up and suddenly walk into Chelsea's academy. Yeah. You know, you, no, the likelihood is you play for your local club on a Sunday down at the rec. Uh, and then you get either get noticed or you, you develop those talents. You say, right, I'm going to apply for that, or I'm going to go to that trial. Or... Okay. So I suppose it all starts from it all starts from there, doesn't it? it? All starts from the park around the corner on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, yeah of course. Hi guys, make sure you're following us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you don't miss a thing. How could you? Instagram is at Football Drop Podcast. Twitter is at Football Drop Pod. Thanks, Will, for that. Or just search us on Facebook, Football Drop Podcast. So I guess, obviously, I know you've been in the post, what, sort of four or five months or so now. So I, I appreciate, obviously, you're kind of dipping your toe into the, the sort of managerial pool, so to speak. But what sort of exposure have you had to, I guess, like the, the scouting side of things, as you said? Have you, have you been contacted by you know, agents or things like that for, for players? Does that happen? Or, you know, club reps and things like that? Have they been in contact with, with Margate and filtered down to you from the women's side to inquire about players and stuff? Yeah, so it, it, I suppose it's a little bit different. I haven't had anything, you know, in the ter- in the realms of like professional, if, if you want to call it that. Okay. Um, but obviously, you still have that um, element of seeking out players to strengthen your squad. So... There's something in, in the FA, certainly at our level, I know of called the seven-day approach. So if, if you like a player that's signed for another club, you have to give the club seven-day notice before you approach that player, basically. And it, it stops people okay. going and poaching six or seven players from a team and leaving them with no players. So um, uh, okay. you can do one seven-day approach per club every 28 days. Um, if a player oh, okay. 
turns you down, you then can't approach them for the rest of the season. Okay, so, so there is a lot to protect clubs, you know, to match that sort of sustainability yeah, yeah, because, as well, to actually keep the team on the pitch. 100%, because certainly, at, you know, at my level, where, where I am sat at the moment, you've got, I've probably got 22 registered players. Now, if a club higher up than me said, oh, hang on a minute, those players are looking a bit tasty, I want five of them, and suddenly took five of my players, I might be scratching for a squad next Sunday. Mm. So, yeah, that, that protection is there, and... The FA are quite strict on knuckling down on, on those that don't sort of follow by it. Um, so, yeah, I suppose there's an element of scouting and approaching players in that aspect. You know, I can't just... I tend to go and watch a couple of games when I've got a Sunday free. If someone catches my eye, approach the club, club give the green light, OK, right, go and contact the player. Senior player, I'm really interested. Do you fancy okay. coming and playing for Margate? So you do actually go to games, you're, you're properly visible, going to these, like, different clubs and, and you know, watching the girls play and... And you want to see how it all goes from there. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not personally. It's not frequently because obviously we have a game every Sunday. I've got yeah, little, little as well. So the opportunity to go um, certainly that you know someone someone that's maybe three tiers above that plays at a different time to us probably wouldn't drop two tiers all of a sudden to come to Margate as much mm. as I'd love to think they would. Um, <laughs> it's unlikely. Um, and the unfortunate thing is that. The clubs that play at sort of the levels where maybe they would be interested play at the same day and the same time as us. Mm. So to get to the games to watch, it has to be where we haven't got a fixture or, you know, circumstances mean that theirs has moved slightly earlier or slightly later and then we can get down there. So not as much as I'd like to. Um, mm. But yeah, where, where we can, George and I tend to go and watch, check out the talent and see if we can uh, get a few more to strengthen the squad. Amazing. What's the team like you've got at the minute then? And how's the season been? It's been a roller coaster, to be quite honest. <laughs> they are an incredible bunch of girls, uh, and I'm not just saying that. Their potential is unreal. Um, we sort of, as a player, when we hit sort of December, January time, we struggled for players. There was a lot of sort of low morale and things, and we were losing games back to back. And I think when George and I took over in. Um, February we were sat sixth in the league. I don't think that's the lowest we were. You know, I think we were slightly lower at one point in the season. I, I couldn't tell you where, but I certainly know when George and I came in we were sat sixth. And then, I mean, hats off to them. We shook everything up. We completely came in and we said, right, we're asking more of you. You need to commit. Don't commit. You don't play. You know, we we really shook them up a little bit and and put in a lot of change. And it could have gone one or two ways. They could have said, oh, you know don't want nothing to do with this, you know, I'm, I'm leaving, um, which a couple did, you know, you're going to you're gonna get that couple can't make the commitments and that's no fault of their own, you know, as adults, we've got jobs, families, um, other things going on outside of football, especially when you don't get paid. Mm. Um, so they were very resilient and very accepting and um, yeah, it just went from strength to strength really and um, finished third in the league. So yeah, credit to them. Amazing, well done. So, um, it was a journey. <laughs> we took it down to the last game of the season. So, um, yeah. So I followed, uh, I mean, I, I sort of followed it pretty much as you joined it, I think. Obviously, it's coming up on Facebook and things like that. And I was like, hmm, I know that person. So, obviously, I followed the page and stuff. And, like, some of the games you scored, was it one that was, like, 10 or 11 nil or something? 11-1. Uh, 11-1. Yeah, that was, that was so, uh, we played Hanbei twice in, twice in three weeks. I think we had... 
them at home a gap and then them away so in the space of 15 days i think we played them twice and uh we beat them 7-0 at home and uh <laughs> went went to their away their fixture obviously their home ground for the away game with a mindset of being a little bit um cocky shall we say so yeah. let's see if we can beat that uh and it was actually Hanbei that scored first we went one nil down <laughs> oh, in the first wow. 10 minutes of the game yeah and um, the girls really turned it around and they scored some good goals that game as well. That's and I wouldn't, insane. you know, you, you see the scoreline and it's, I think if you've watched the uh, post-match interview that Ryan does with me every week, um, you look at the scoreline and you think that was a walkover. It, it wasn't, you know, it was a good standard of football and it was a competitive game of football. They were still having shots on goal. Um, they were still giving as good as they got. So, yeah, it wasn't like it was an 11-0, this is a walk in the park, we're, we're taking the mick now. It, it was an earned 11-1. So, yeah. Just like 11, 11-1's insane, isn't it? It's crazy, yeah. You, you <laughs> sort of expect that to just be just just constant attack on goal, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's, it's literally like you're playing FIFA, that's all out attack, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's literally all out attack on FIFA. Um, okay, yeah. so that, I mean, that that's just... Yeah, that's baffling to get my head around. Um, I'm keen to kind of learn a little bit more about kind of how you prepare for games and, and like what you do with the training side of things. Because obviously you've done oh. your, you've done some coaching and stuff like that as well. Obviously coming into this, so do you like obviously for for any anyone listening as well? I'm just trying to kind of get it from both sides as well. Anyone listening probably doesn't know that much about the the pre- preparation for football and stuff like that, <laughs> us included. Uh, I mean, we've we we bought some cones about a year ago. And we've never used them. Oh yeah, you got the um, got the yeah little yeah little, yeah, well, little jumping yeah. thing. Don't know what they were for. We we bought them. We thought yeah, we'll get into it. We've the never used them. Yeah. I think they're actually in the corner of this room now, um, just under all the, all the crap in the corner. Um, so yeah, how do you go about you know approaching the games? You know, the tactics wise, the training. How many times a week do you train? You know, how does that all work? Yeah, so I have. I'm, I'm very fortunate. I have got coaching qualifications and uh, you know I'm looking to take them further and do more but I'm very lucky in that George's bread and butter is coaching he he does it for a job he's I, I think he's phenomenal at what he does he knows his stuff and he engages girls I've got a, a very difficult position where I've played amongst the team mm. so now to step into into coaching and managing it's quite a difficult dynamic um to get I mean they do respect me but to get that respect and to, to sort of you know, get the best out of them. It's better coming from him than me. I, you know, yeah. I've been mates with them as opposed to someone completely new walking in, fresh eyes. Mm. Um, so I'm very fortunate that he takes the coaching. So he'll plan and prepare a session. He'll come to training on a Tuesday night and he'll deliver the session. Oh, amazing. I then sit back. So he completely leads the session. That's his call. He works out what didn't work on Sunday or what needed tweaking or what he felt needed developing and he will base the session on that and I stand back and I watch who's you know really cottoning on to how, how it works who's putting the effort in who's maybe not putting in maximum effort I mean and that can be from a perspective of right okay this is me picking my squad for Sunday but it can also be from a perspective of hang on a minute this player always puts in 100% effort they're not putting in 100% effort so what's going on outside of football 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do I need to, you know, put an arm around and, and give her some support here? You know, okay. is there something else going on? So I, I tend to sit back. He, he, t- he delivers to coach him. I sit back and I, I observe I think about tactics for Sunday, who's in my squad, if there's anything else that I need to factor into things. So that's that's training, uh, and that's just once a week at the moment. But personally, I feel it, we need it more. Mm. Um, we, w- we want promotion. We want to step up into Tier 6. Um, okay. And I think for that, we're going to need two two trainings a week, uh, a fitness-based one and a, and a um, ability-based one, like a, like a drills. Okay, and whose call is that to sort of organise training and things like that? Do you have to speak to the club to get the time on the pitch or is that literally just down to, to you within the team itself? You say, can yeah. we do this twice, three times a week or whatever? Bit of a logistical nightmare, to be honest. Um, <laughs> if we want to train twice a week, we could. You know, that that's our call in, in terms of that, but then you're looking at pitch space. Okay. Um, Margate are such a community club. They've got an unreal number of youth teams. Because you've got uh, it's it's going up again next year, I believe. You can have under eights girls right the way through to under eighteens, and then you've got the first team women. You've oh, got wow. the men's team. You've got the under twenty threes. You've got leisure leagues that play there. Yeah. You've obviously got people that hire out the five side pitches. So logistically, it's just a nightmare for the club. I mean, hats off to them to, to manage it. Mm. Um, so finding the space is is the difficult bit. Um, obviously, they are really supportive and. We have that training space. We train on the first team pitch on a, on a Tuesday night, and it works really well. But I think to fit in two, we might have to look at other logistics. So okay. certainly, commitment-wise and whether we want to is down to us. But logistic-wise, it would be an, you know it'd be up for discussion with the club, I guess. Okay, is that to... something you're quite keen to push for next season potentially, if the girls are um... bought into that as well? I'd like to, yeah. Whether the girls are born into it's another. <laughs> it's, a lot, it's a lot of commitment, isn't it? You know, like I say, we're, we're all volunteers. We're, we're volunteers as managers and coaches. They're volunteers as players. Ultimately, hmm. you know, they haven't got contracts. They haven't got um, pay. They don't get paid to play like the men do. You know, so I can't exactly say right. You need to be there on a Tuesday and a Thursday. 
yeah, and expect course. to be there. So it's a bit of a fine line, and, it, and it's obviously something we'd have to discuss with them and see if they were sort of willing. It's no point us putting on two training sessions and two people turning up to the second one a week because it's it's a waste of everyone's time and it's not beneficial for the team. Yeah, of course. So yeah, no, that's fair enough. Something we'd like, I think, would be beneficial, but getting 22 girls to commit twice a week and finding the space for that is mm. difficult. Hey guys, here at the Football Drop Podcast, we'd love to hear all your comments, feedback and funny stories. If you'd like us to share them on the pod, please email us at footballdroppodcast at hotmail.com. Thank you. So obviously now the season's closed, so it's all preparation for next season now. What's what's involved in the prep for, for you then? Well, for you and George, I suppose, really. Doesn't stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, George has just had a knee surgery. He's just had a, a knee replacement. His ACL reconstructed and things. So I've left him to sort all the pre-season training. Um, nice. Again, the, the coaching is his forte anyway. Yeah. Um, so I think he probably would have taken the lead on that. But it'll keep him occupied while he's sat doing. I say nothing. He's recovering, isn't he? Recovering, but he can't get yeah. up. He can't. He can't do anything. Bless him. So <laughs> at least it'll keep his mind ticking. <laughs> so yeah, um, I've left that side of things to George. Uh, me on the other hand it's filling out all the forms to register with the league it's sending out invites for trials um, pre-season friendlies you know events any events that are going on over the summer it, it's just non-stop uh, mm. there is no pre, pre-season break for us certainly in, in the other side of business yeah it, you look at it easy you know four weeks off and then you go back into pre-season and pre-season friendlies but those four weeks for us are talking to clubs, getting the fixtures, booking the pitch, you know, working out who we're going to approach for trials, running the trials. I mean, I think for me, keeping a football option to keep a football at their feet is huge. Um, I know when I was a player, um, football was my outlet at the end of the week or, or midweek. You know, it's my socialising. It was my de-stress. And to take that away from players for a whole month is... It's a lot for some, I think, and then to get back into the routine of going to training and going to, you know, anxieties, worries, stresses, you know, to lose it for a month is huge. So um, I've got three three tournaments to attend this month. Wow. Um, they're not compulsory for the players. There's no expectation for them to win anything. It's just to give them that option to be there, to socialise, to okay. kick a ball about. Um, so, yeah, there's three tournaments. I've got the youth presentation presenting some of the awards at the youth presentation so there's that oh, there's trials mid-month um so it's sending out the invites for that making sure everyone's sort of, i say registered but i've got a list of who's who i'm expecting to attend hmm. um yes yeah, so it's just non-stop christ and i guess you, you said it was a few times i've seen more like obviously on a voluntary basis and stuff so how do you yourself actually manage your time because you said you've got obviously a little man as well uh, obviously you've got a job and then you've got this as well so how do you find a time to to get it all done as well as doing obviously all this extra stuff of scouting getting all the invites sent you know collating all the data ready for whoever's going to attend trials and stuff like how do you balance all that it just doesn't stop <laughs> <laughs> i think i'm i'm really fortunate that that football's my passion i suppose a bit like you guys with the podcast you know you find time because you enjoy it because it's something you've got a passion for 
Um, I would like a job in football. Ultimately, it's on my bucket list to have have a career in football, to have a job in football. Um, I've got to start somewhere, and if I don't put the legwork in now, and I don't build my own legacy now, then it's it's never going to happen, is it? So, yeah. I think for me, it's just about making sure it doesn't take over home life, because that that comes first and foremost above everything. Um, I tend to put little man to bed and do the admin-based stuff at home in the evenings instead of watching the telly. I'll make Facebook posts and Instagram posts and I'll send emails out and, you know, all those sorts of things that maybe you can do while something's on in the background. Um, and then other than that, I would say, because George, again, takes the strain of um, the coaching away from me, it's being there on a Tuesday and being there on a Sunday, which I committed to anyway as a um, as a player. So that, that was nothing extra. Um, yeah, so, and, and again, the the pre and post match sort of formality, should we say, the admin based stuff, the registering it, all the scores with the league, the cards, the substitutions, the goals, all that sort of stuff. I just tend to do it like at home in the evening, sometimes in the bath, because that's just the only five minutes I get phone <laughs> out doing the scores. Like, <laughs> just find time to fit it in because it's, it's what you enjoy, it's what, you know, it needs to do it and I can't, I can't put it off. So, yeah, just, just any two, two minutes I get. It's, usually football based <laughs> oh, fair enough god it just sounds yeah very full-on very full-on I, I think the difference is certainly from my perspective and i completely understand as to why it is the way it is but you've got the if you look at the men's team at margate they've got um secretary who, who helps me at the moment um you've got a media manager you've got the manager and his assistant i, I think at one point they had a goalkeeper coach um, you know, because it is, in effect, an employment, isn't it? It's a job. It's a paid. It's a paid setup. It's mm. bringing an income into the club. You've got all that sort of network around what ultimately is the management team. For us, we're really great. We're really lucky. The club support us. They wash the kits and have them out for us ready. You know, oh, they support. They, they put the things up online. Um, on the website you know we've got a ton of support from the club and I can't fault the club but if you look at it from what we have to manage as a manager I'm running the Facebook the Twitter the Instagram the TikTok I'm doing all the admin you know I've got the the help of the secretary this season but next season I'll take on the registering of players you know so it's quite a a lot to manage in as a volunteer, I suppose it's the same in the youth, isn't it? If any, anything run by the youth, it will be the same because it's not mm. an employment as such where you've got that sort of network and that team of, if you want to call it employees or, you know, it's, it's just very different. Yeah, of course. And I think, you know, being able to to sort of learn how to do all of that as well is, is always a bonus from your own perspective and development as well. So you should get exposed to this different different methods, different ways of doing things, but obviously that, the actual processes. You know, if you want to build a career in, in football in the future, it's it's always beneficial to know every process and procedure, like clockwork anyway, I suppose. The hardest bits of social media, I'll be honest. That is the, you know, to keep that ticking over, to keep, you know, you, you have to post. To keep people engaged, you have to post. You can't yeah, go don't we know it, Will. Don't we know it. <laughs> yeah. We, we sometimes just forget to post. About yeah. two days later, actually you post that? We're like, oh, no, no, we didn't. Sorry. So easy and, done. I guess I guess it begs the question, really, is that you know what? 
because you're the you're the women's first team, what needs to happen then for you to use the facilities of Margate Secretarial, you know, whatever it is, because it's going to be not just not just Margate, it's going to be most clubs. Why is it okay that because you're not men, that you don't get to use the facilities that Ben said? Oh, that's great, they wash the kit for you. Actually, no, it's not. It should just be a standard anyway because you're Margate first team women's team. It's not. What's you know. I'm not. I was going to ask what's the difference. We know what the difference is, but like, why is there a difference? Why is such a big difference? So obviously, if you look at the men and where the men are in their setup, they are paid. They generate an income. Tickets on the door are twelve pound to get in. They've got a good, good uh, sort of foundation of supporters. They've been running for however many years. You've got that flow of fans through the door, income, shirt sales. You know, you know all these things that enable the club to be able to pay players and the, and the, the support network around it and it, it's not just Margate you know you're talking across the board at, and it'll be the same for men's clubs where you know they're not at the standard Margate are we don't generate an income at the moment you know we're going to start charging next season but two pound on the door for okay. you know 40 odd people through the, through the doors are gonna it's gonna generate maybe enough to cover the rest fees you know we're we're at an expense of the club all the time. They, we don't pay subs. We don't pay for our kit. Oh, okay. We don't pay for the pitch hire. We don't pay our own refs. You know, we're really, really fortunate in that the club cover all those costs. You know, that, that's fantastic. Okay. You wouldn't get another club in our league like that, or very rarely, because they just haven't... You know, we're really, really supported. But the difference is we don't have 5,000-odd fa- followers on Facebook. We don't get 300 fans to a game. And if... We charge £12 on the door. Let's be honest, that people won't pay it to come through the door. Whereas for the men, they do. Yeah. We're just It's about building the team and the structure up and, and developing it to the point that we can start charging a bit more at the door. But we've got to get those fans in the door in the first place. Mm. Yeah. You know, and we just don't give... The club are giving us so much. They give us so much in terms of... And I, know, and I get what you're saying, completely get what you're saying about why isn't it the same yeah okay we get the same opportunities as the men we get our you know we get that first team pitch we get like I say the kits washed we get the kits provided we don't pay subs we just we're just lacking that support system and that's that's partly because women's football just hasn't been there yet has it it hasn't Mm. you know it's still up and coming and we just need to build our fan base build our social media you know and grow it to the point where hopefully eventually one day it'll be at that point I know certainly in our oh. league you're not allowed to pay players to play. Oh, you're not allowed to? No, not not uh, because I that was something I thought I saw. Well, if you get a good sponsor through the door or something like can we look at ten or a game, twenty quid a game, I know it's not much but it's something. Um but no, um I, I don't know myself, I haven't looked into it, but I was talking to somebody and yeah, apparently it's not allowed at, at our level of football. So So is that something that sort of the higher up tiers I suppose you're you know, it hit tier three or whatever? tier four or five and something and then all of a sudden you'd be like okay you can bring sponsorship through the door and it kind of has that I guess sort of levels of playing field in each tier I guess yeah I think it's not just sponsorship I mean we, obviously we've got opportunities for sponsorship um, I, I think but certainly as you I imagine probably tier three and up maybe they get something again it's not it's not loads of money it's not enough to quit your day job but it's something um, yeah. but I know I know in the lower tiers that you're not allowed to pay your players so Interesting. It, it, it makes interesting. it difficult then to sort of build everything around it, and and certainly 
you're asking so much of the players, you know, and we want to promote, and I'm saying to the players, look, we want to get promotion. We want two training sessions a week. We need you to keep us updated on whether you're going to be there or not, otherwise you're not playing. You know, if you don't train, you don't play. Those things are really, really hard to ask of a squad when they're not being paid to play because they're saying, well, hang on, I'm, I'm here as a volunteer. I you know, I can't give you that much. I can't. And you can't argue with it. <laughs> no, but I guess, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking if it was, just trying to put myself in that position, like if I was in whatever team it would be and, yeah, we're not getting paid, we're doing it for a laugh. But if you're seeing progress, you get bought into it more naturally. And if you've got yeah. someone, you know, like yourself, you you would be, you know, head and shoulders leading that team and you know, having fun doing it, but actually enjoying it and, and making a good crack of it, then eventually you will be going up. And I guess naturally you get that buy-in more, wouldn't you? So I suppose we're the same on the podcast. When we get more listeners, I mean, we both jump up and down with joy and we're like, yeah, get in with mm. X amount. But it does spur you on to then, you know, do more and do better. And you, you're always inspired to improve. Yeah, definitely. I think it's just a fine line, isn't it? Because there's... There's those people that just, they're great players, but they just can't commit to that level. They just, they just can't, you know, work, families, everything else. Certainly if we promote, you know, if we promote, we'll be going as far as Hastings for fixtures. You know, it, it becomes such a bigger commitment. Yeah. And then, you know, but if you push that too soon and you haven't got the people coming through the doors, then you end up short on players. So it's a, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a tread carefully fine line at the, at the moment of getting that balance between not asking so much that you end up with not enough players but asking enough that you, you're getting the results you want and, and sort of generating like you say that morale and that, that push for, for a bit more such yeah. a tough balance isn't it that's incredible and and have you noticed a difference since sort of last summer summer before that there's been an increase in in some of the you know girls coming through Um, I, I don't think we're seeing Rewards of it just yet. I think probably the ones that are most inspired are the younger, younger ones. You know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, yeah, eleven, even uh, sort of seen and gone. Wow, they've got role models now that are women footballers as opposed to me when I was younger, and it was the likes of I don't know, Cristiano Ronaldo or whatever. You know, they've got. <laughs> he plays in Saudi or something. Yeah. I don't know that guy. <laughs> um, Beckham, whoever you want it to be. It was always growing up. If you ask. Probably most people my my age bracket who their footballing idol was growing up, it would be a male footballer. Yeah. So I don't think we're seeing necessarily all of the rewards of that coming through. And um, something I've noticed definitely with sort of trials for us um, is I think we're a little bit more hesitant as women. And I'm not being stereotypical. We are. You put out an advert for trials. You say trials, trials, trials. Boys are like, yeah, come on, I've got this. Yeah, we can do this. Like. You know, it's a bit of an ego boost and a bit of a, we have been to a trial, you know. But <laughs> I think for us as women, we're like, oh, gosh, mm, don't know who's going to be there. What kind of setup is it? Am I good enough for this? You know, mm. oh, I haven't played for a while, you know, and I think that we're a lot more hesitant. So, you know, I've put adverts out for trials for the last three weeks. And, and I have had applications. I've had, I've had people, you know, put their applications in, but... I asked for a footballing CV and I would tell you that 99% of mine don't have a footballing CV. It's an email saying, hi, I've seen you've got trials and I'm really interested. Would it be okay to come? Well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, it's just a, it's a whole different dynamic. And I, and I think, yeah, certainly in adult football, we're, we're just not, locally anyway, we're, we're not reaping the rewards of that just yet. 
Yeah, it's something that will, as you said, it, it will come in time. You yeah. know, when you, you're seeing that success, that longevity, and a bit of history behind you. You know, there's you know, sky's the limit, I guess, from that sense. And obviously, yeah. if you then start potentially bringing money in for the club, you know, it's it's always going to be, you know, well, hopefully, going to be an upward trajectory from there on out, isn't it? I guess it's a project. It's a project. It's a work in progress, and it's it's got to start yeah. somewhere. Um, I think absolutely no disrespect to to previous managers at, at the club absolutely not you know they've they've done fantastic things margate ladies team have been successful for years you know they've, they've had some really good seasons and some really good finishes but i think what is lacked is that sort of forward thinking that actually i want to push this further i would say that previously everyone's been comfortable with where it's at mm. whereas now certainly the club the board of directors are the same as, as george and i we're very much well, hang on where can we take this where, where can we get this where can we go what can we what can we bring to the club what can we bring to local women's football and i think maybe that's yeah. that's just the difference and that's been the turning point yeah it's yeah. It, it's so it sounds so stupid to even say it but there is so many similarities to a massive club and you know a grassroots club you've still got the same thing if your managers and your board of directors get on you've got the same same view, same ambition. You're you're more likely to be successful. It's as simple as that. If you're not seeing eye to eye, it's not going to happen. That, that's it, isn't it? And that that is, like you say, you, you hit the nail on the head. It is the same. Every team is the same, whether it's under seven uh, at Margate or it's Manchester United at Premier League. You know, um, <laughs> you know, whichever Ooh. one it is. The, the setup and the structure is exactly the same. You've yeah. got a group of players. A management system, whether that's one person, two person, three people, a, a pitch you play on. Okay, granted, it's a stadium with with but it, the foundations of what it is is exactly the same. Mm. It's just Absolutely. that difference in, you know, advertisement being on the telly, money, income, you know, all those things that the Premier League are fortunate to have as opposed to grassroots. But ultimately, it's the same job. It's, it's the same um, set up, the same requirements. Yeah, absolutely. But arguably, with with more difficult challenges, because you've got to do the admin and you've got to do everything that you have to do with your socials, and that's that's a full time job, isn't it? Like clubs will have a full time social media manager, and there you are sitting there after putting your kid to bed and trying (laughs) to put something together. Do you know what? I quite enjoy it. It's it's quite nice to. It is time consuming and I've it's been a steep learning curve, definitely, in terms of social media. But that's where we've sort of reaped the most rewards. Um, we played Millwall under 18s um, midweek, just before, I think it was, it might be mid-season as well, midweek, mid-season. And um, we advertised it for less than 48 hours because Millwall let us know sort of late on the Sunday that they were definitely up for it. Um, I mean, we were, we were slow as well. It's one of those things. I said, you fancy a fixture? Yeah, all right. And, and then I said, let me check. Oh, I've got enough players. So I checked. We'd had enough players. I said, yeah, we've got enough players. They're like, okay, let me check. We've got enough players. Yeah, we've got enough players. Oh, hang on. It's 48 hours away. So we advertised that for less than 48 hours on social media. And we had 200 fans at that game on a wow. Tuesday night. So, you know, the power of social media is huge. And it, and it's getting us noticed. It's It's getting... It is. We've got fixtures pre-season against hashtag United Reserves. They're big on their social media. Oh, amazing. We've got mm. Millwall again. Um, we've got Gillingham, which is now Chatham uh, ladies. You know, we've got some really good fixtures and, and that's all come about from 
social media, the tournament we played in last Saturday, they approached us off the back of our social media. You know, it, Fantastic. it is difficult, it is hard work, and it is full on. But like I say, the rewards from it, I think I had 122 notifications on my phone after the fixture against Millwall. <laughs> I, I cleared them. I cleared them before I went to bed. I woke up to another 57. So bearing in mind, I went to bed at half past 11 that night because it was it was a late finish and then packing everything out. Half yeah. 11, I went to bed. So I woke up to another 57. I cleared them and within 40 minutes, it was back up to like 40 odd notifications. So oh, amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, it's a, a very powerful tool if it's used in the right way. Absolutely. Mm. Just it just goes to show that you know in the short time that you've been doing it, you've been successful already. So I think you know big things potentially for next season. Um, you've obviously got the right approach. You've got the work ethic. Uh, you've definitely got the enthusiasm. I mean, you've not sort of grinning mm. every time you've been talking. So I was, it just shows. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just wish it was my job. <laughs> like, Full time job. I've got no doubt you'll you'll definitely get there. Uh, yeah, you'll definitely get there. Um, we're kind of running out of time, I think now. But anything you wanted to add at all? Well, I've just got one in question. One question. Uh, it's quite an important question. Um, so Ben, you'll see, he's had quite a nice haircut today. I'm trying to get him to do the the Trossard hair dye just in between here. He's agreed to do it, and then he's just said that he's not going to do it. What are your thoughts on it? Can we have a bet? No. <laughs> no. No, go on. What's, no. what's the bet? No, I don't know. I'm just thinking, like, you know, we get promotion next season, you'll do it. Or, you know, I don't know. Ooh. Just let's, let's have a target. Let's have a, let's have a bet. Let's, let's put some stakes on it. Give me my Go on, then. To, Yeah, go on. Oh, you can't turn that down. <laughs> yeah, go on. Live on air. Let's give do us, it. Give us it was live on air a few weeks season. ago, but you still didn't do it. Yeah, no, but <laughs> this is different. Okay. I've been put on the spot again now by oh, someone fair. else. It's not just you. <laughs> you, you set, you set the target and I'll, and I'll make sure we get there. Promotion? Happy with that? Yeah, yeah, fine. Go on, then you're on. Okay. You've got to do it, though. You're on. Yeah, yeah. Both of you. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you've, right, got, right, you've right. got to do a really dark patch on yours, yeah? No. Yeah, right. No, Go they've on. got to get promotion. You've got to do the oh, hair no, thing. I want her to do the hair as well. <laughs> Come on. <Fair. laughs> All right, I think promotion might be enough. Then. Promotion. Okay. Okay. Right. Cool, you're on. Game on. Um, Steph thank you very much for coming on thank you Uh, really appreciate it Uh, listeners we'll add links to Margaret FC women's socials on the uh, podcast description for you guys so you can just click it going Uh, out two weeks two weeks tomorrow uh, yes yep I don't know what date that is what date is that that is the 20th of June we'll release this one Um, so we're just uh, obviously getting a few episodes crammed in so we can obviously have a little break ourselves um, Steph obviously will tag you in all of them so you can share it out to your followers as well we'll tag Margaret FC women in everything as well um, but best of luck for, for the off season and for next season as well um, I'm sure no doubt we'll we'll keep keep in touch yeah good luck and we'll be following you yeah we're going to have to now yeah I know got another year got another year it's with right. each other it's right. um, you've got a year to uh, prepare yourself for the, for the little little strip yeah thanks for that really looking forward to that <laughs> Um, but no, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, guys, and speak to you soon. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please give us five star on your podcast provider, whatever one that may be, and help us hashtag drop the pod. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.